fear only exists when we're projecting our mind out into the future, right? It's like we're imagining some kind of negative future and going from this moment here, I'm imagining that I won't be able to pay my mortgage and my house is going to get floor closed and what what if, what if, what's going to happen then? What if, what if, what if, what if, what if? And you can kind of go into this awful spiral of what ifs trying to kind of chess play your way through every possible scenario. And that's a really dangerous habit. Ladies and gentlemen. Hi, everybody. Good evening. Are you ready? Keep this frequency clear. I know you're going to dig this. I am. Okay, here we go. Check, check it out. You're listening to the Martial Arts Media Podcast, where you, the martial arts school owner, gets insider tips and secrets from leading experts to help you build a more profitable martial arts business. Now, here's your host, the founder of martialartsmedia.com, George Faree. This podcast episode is the audio version from a video that was published on martialartsmedia.com. For the full episode, to download the transcript and get all the show notes, head over to martialartsmedia.com. Enjoy. Hey, this is George, and welcome to another episode of the Martial Arts Media Business Podcast. So today I'm joined with a really special guest, not a martial artist, but someone who can really provide a lot of value with a lot of things that we deal with on a day-to-day basis within mindset. And now more so, more important than ever, as we are all forced in this position of having to lead and having to make decisions, it's important that we make that decision from the right perspective and right mindset. So I'm joined today with Kylie Ryan from mymindcoach.com.au. Welcome to the call, Kylie. Hey, great to be here. Excited to share some conversations with you. Hopefully it's useful. Love it. I'm ready. So first up, if you could give us just sort of a two-minute intro, a bit of background, what it is you do and so forth. Yeah, sure. So I'm a, a mindset and performance coach. So I help people with their inner game. So all of the mindset, belief, values, uh, identities, uh, emotions, the things that get us stuck and keep us sabotaging ourselves. There's plenty of things that we know that we need to do or that we should do that we sometimes find ourselves struggling to actually do. I see myself as the bridge between what you know you should be doing or could be doing and what you're actually doing. And what we find is that that a lot of the times things that seem like they're external obstacles like the economy or, you know, clients cancelling or this, you know, virus that's going on at the moment, a lot of the times when we find that even though those things are real, a lot of the times we find that people can handle them in very different ways. So you can have two different people that face the same situation and respond very differently. So what's the difference between those two people and their responses is their inner game, right? Is their mindset, their values, their beliefs, their attitudes, uh, and their kind of internal strategy that allows them to shift their external strategy and get different results in the world. So I help people tweak that inner game so that they get to do the things that they want and show up in the way that they want in the world and get the results. All right. I love that. Now let's backtrack to two things that you mentioned. Yeah. Stuck and sabotage. Where does this originate from? Where do people get stuck mm-hmm. knowing that this is what they've got to do, mm-hmm. but then potentially put roadblocks in the way that they'll procrastinate or, or do yeah. different things? 
I caught myself doing this yesterday, actually. Um, yeah. I'm preparing this training for my members right now for our partners group on how to digitize their school, their, their mm. dojo. And I'm in this creation phase and mm. procrastination takes over. This is just a personal of course. thing for, you know, within me. And before I knew it, I was out buying the new computer monitor that I needed. As in a essential, as, essential was, to get it, it was done. super essential, right? I needed that second <laughs> screen. That's just something I, you know, like really taking a, a gut check look at me. Mm. But where does this originate? Like, where do people get yeah. stuck, and why do we self sabotage? Yeah, that's a great question. So, a lot of the, just like a little bit of a background information for, um, so your mindset, your beliefs, your values, all of the inner world of who you are, the personality that you show up to the world as, like where does that come from, right? So you've, you've got to think about if your mindset was a software program, where did that software get installed? And so sometimes we might have, you know, our, our original software is installed when we're first born and through that what we call the imprint period from zero from being born to about seven years old. And then there's another period of the modeling period between seven and 14, but basically like up until about 21, you're learning and having these kind of significant experiences from childhood, from your parents, from teachers, and you download and absorb beliefs, you download the idea of what's possible, you download your parents' attitudes and the way that they show up, you might Uh, look up to or have a mentor and a teacher or a a martial arts instructor or someone that you look up to and you might learn some things from them. You might learn from people that do things maybe in a way that is not so useful or, you know, that is hurtful to you, but you learn that regardless, right? When we're really little, we pick up and we just absorb all of these different things. And so a lot of those beliefs are formed and then they kind of drop down into like the the deep coding of your psychology. So like the the inner hard drive of who you are. And so a lot of those things, you're not aware of what programs are in there until a situation presents itself where that particular program becomes activated, right? So you might have a situation where you have to go and step into leadership and speak before your people and it triggered, and you might have never done that, you know, recently, and so that wasn't an issue. But it could potentially, just you know, picking plucking an example out of the air, it could potentially activate an unconscious memory from being a kid in kindergarten and having show and tell and not having anything to say, or fumbling with your words, or kids laughing at you when you're a little tiny kid. And so then years and years and years and years later you find that when you have to get up and speak in front of people, you like have this idea that maybe it's going to be dangerous or maybe you might get humiliated or maybe you might get laughed at. And all of this happens at an unconscious level. So it's not like you go, oh, people are going to laugh at me, but you just find things to do so that you don't have to do the thing that might cause you pain or discomfort. So a lot of times when we procrastinate or sabotage about something, then we have attached some kind of negative emotional state to the thing that we want to do. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
Yeah. So we like, we want to go towards a goal and it's, and consciously you're like, I want to do this thing. I want to do this presentation, but somewhere in your unconscious mind, kind of beneath the surface of the water, if you think of the classic iceberg metaphor, your unconscious mind is like all of the bit that's underneath the water, underneath the water, then there might be some kind of belief or negative association with the thing that you want to do. And so it's like consciously you're trying to move forward, but you've got the handbrake on, right? You're accelerating, but you've got the handbrake on. So there's this kind of weird, like, uh, 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 I feel stuck because consciously you want to move forward, but unconsciously your body is sending you signals that it's not safe. And so it's distracting you with all sorts of other things to do, like buying a new monitor or procrastinating or... (laughs) you know, like all sorts of different things. Oh, there's so many things to do in the house when I have something that I'm avoiding, you know. That kind of gives you a bit of a baseline understanding of why that happens. And it's usually, it can be traced back to some kind of related experience that created a negative impact or a negative decision, right? Where you thought, hey, it's actually not safe to do this or this creates a negative outcome for me in some way. And sometimes the, the, the relationships can be quite obscure, like maybe showing your parent a piece of art when you're a kid and they go, oh, I'm busy now. And, and the kid could take that to mean that their work is not worthy or that, you know, their stuff doesn't matter or their voice isn't important. There's all sorts of different kind of deep rabbit holes in our mind from various formative experiences. And everybody goes through it, right? Everybody has these things. No one is immune to it. A lot of the times we don't realise that those things are in there until we try to do something and find ourselves getting stuck or spinning our wheels. All right. There's a few things I'd like to ask from that. So obviously, like the first thing is, you know, how do you develop the awareness of actually, right, this is happening. But then exploring also that you mentioned there's a negative emotion attached to it. And then we'll explore on, you know, how... These things are coming up in today's climate with, uh, you know, the situation we're facing right now. Yeah. Just because it's a good example, I guess, just to base our, our conversation on. In my case of yesterday where I was procrastinating, yeah. the outcome that I'm striving for, I know is an outcome that creates impact and it's going to yes. do a lot of good for yes. a lot of people. So when you say there's a negative emotion attached to it, is that maybe, yeah, is that like a maybe there's a fear attached there somewhere, a fear of how this is going to be perceived or is this going to be good enough or, or something. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, if you think of it like uh, a balance, so a a balance of scales, right? You've got, there's the, the positive future that you're, you know, you want to make an impact. You want to do good in the world. You want to, you know, it's going to have a positive effect on your clients and their clients and all of that. But it can also have, oh, well, maybe someone might think that what I did wasn't very good or maybe someone might think I'm being salesy or sleazy or selling in this particular climate, right? And so that, you know, there's a desire for impact, but it sounds like there might also be a fear of judgment that's kind of playing out on the scales, right? So there's often 
positive and negative associations with anything that we want to do. Like every, you know, we as as martial artists, I would I would imagine that you guys are pretty familiar with the uh, the concept of yin and yang and push and pull and you know positive and negative. That everything has that kind of synthesis or um, holism of there is positive and negative in everything. And so, even if you're trying to do something positive, there is also potentially a negative impact that that happens with that and so it it depends on what you're focused on and and what that triggers within you and your personal experience about how you relate to it all right great so before we get into how to deal with things in today's climate yeah um i was having a conversation yesterday with one of our partner members and um we were talking about like this is the time for leadership this is, yeah. you know, everything that you've been taught in martial arts, resilience, discipline. Yeah. You know, if there was ever a battle that you're facing, this is the one. you got to show your leadership and be an example. 100%. Um, but then how do you do that if you are, you've got your own fears? So <sighs> it's almost like, am I faking it? Um, yeah. Where do we go to find that inner strength? And then I guess to tie it back into the conversation up to now is how do we find that awareness of what is causing us to think in that way? Because, yeah, what is causing us to look at the negative side and not really the positive and going – not leading is what I'm getting. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so when I think about leadership, right, leaders get to go first, Leaders, leaders are leaders because they're okay. the ones that go first, right? And you can lead, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're up the front as the flag bearer. You might be a leader that's going first from the back and kind of, you know, going, come on, guys, let's do this, right? But, you're the, but leaders are the ones that go first. And so, of course, like every, I find that every time I step into a new level of leadership, there is an initiation Right. And so, you know, just like going through the different belt levels in in martial arts, there is a test that you you must go through and and move through in order to attain the sense of victory that allows you to lead others through that particular level. It's like, hey, I've been through this myself. Let's go. I can show you the path. And you get to show others the path because you have walked that path yourself. And you have earned that victory. You have earned that right to then say, hey, I can help you through this. I have some wisdom or skills or, you know, ideas that can help you through. So to just ease everyone's mind that is feeling fear and uncertainty themselves, you know, everyone is is facing that right now and across the globe, which is, you know, really unprecedented that there have been pandemics and epidemics before but we've never had the level of interconnectedness of communication to really know what our brothers and sisters are feeling on the other side of the planet, to have this rampant experience of media and potentially even fear-mongering in in the media that is kind of putting all of this information in our heads. So the first initiation is for us as leaders to be able to find our centre you know, try and kind of make it as relatable as possible in terms of martial arts. If you have, and I'm not a martial arts expert, so please forgive me if I make mistakes with the, with the metaphors, 
But if you have people coming from every angle, right, and you have attacks coming from every angle in terms of information or, you know, loss of clients or loss of income and relates as I've got blows coming at me from every side, I would imagine that, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I would imagine that that a key part of being able to deal with all of those different attacks is to be able to find your own centre, right, to be able to find your own centre and start to expand your vision, expand your consciousness so that you can start to perceive things almost before they're happening so that you can perceive, oh, there's someone that's, that's like pulling back to throw a punch over there. I can start to perceive with a wider lens than just my internal state. So I don't know if that's right or not, but that's what yeah, I would do, yeah. right? <laughs> it's like, right. like so starting to go in into that inner world and going, okay, so if I find my centre, my centre of balance, my centre of gravity, my internal state of going, okay, if I can find peace in here internally, that's the first step to bring yourself into a state of calm or peace or you know, if we want to think about it nervous system wise from sympathetic to parasympathetic, you know, like if we're in an overdriven chronic sympathetic state of going like this attacks on all sides and I'm in this chronic anxiety, then the first step is to start to bring our bodies back into calm. And the simplest hack to do that, which has been taught by sages and mystics and teachers for many millennia is to take control of the autonomic nervous system by taking control of the breath, right? That's the one thing that you can take control of that doesn't require a mental shift, but it's almost like a a biohack to go in and go sympathetic (sighs) in-breath, parasympathetic out-breath, right? And the more that we can... just hack our nervous systems back into calm, then it's almost like telling your body it's okay. Like right now you're safe. Right now you're safe. And I think what's so disconcerting for people these days is the disconnect between like you walk outside, you know, I walk outside just before and stand in my backyard and the sun is shining, the birds are singing, It looks like paradise, right? Everything seems like it's totally normal. And so there's this weird disconnect between the present moment that actually is where for most of us, things are okay or, you know, there's no like creditors knocking at your door right this second and this sense of impending danger. There's this invisible sense of impending danger, right? There's no zombies knocking at your door and trying to claw your eyes out but there is this sense of an invisible danger and the invisible danger is living in our minds and it's, it is a real danger. It is a real threat, but where it's almost like we're creating this chronic sense of anxiety that's putting our bodies into this state of stress. So for me, the first step with any, for any leader or anyone at all is to, right, to bring our bodies back into calm. And, you know, every, all of the kind of mindset training that I've done over many, many years, it's allowing ourselves to come back into the present moment because fear only exists when we're projecting our mind out into the future. 
right? It's like we're, we're imagining some kind of negative future and going from this moment here, I'm imagining that I won't be able to pay my mortgage and my house is going to get floor closed. And what, what if, what if, what's going to happen then? What if, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if, and you can kind of go into this awful spiral of what ifs trying to kind of chess play your way through every possible scenario. And that's a really dangerous habit to fall into because so many of the variables are shifting like every second, right? And so it's, it's impossible to know what all of the right steps are to do six months from now or three months from now. It's really about, I believe that this situation is, is an opportunity for us to be initiated as a global civilization to come back into a sense of center, to be reminded of our power that exists in the present moment and to come back into our hearts and take the next right step. In uncertain times where things are changing, the only thing you can do and the only thing that you can really be certain of is okay, I'm here in this moment, my feet are on the ground, I can feel my heartbeat, I can take a breath, my body is still working, I still have the capacity to think and move and communicate. Okay, from this moment, what is the next right step? From this moment. And I think it's a real opportunity for every one of us to return to the present moment because so many of us have lived in and live in this kind of perpetual state of future pacing, like, oh, I must get this, I've got to do that, I've got my goals, I've got moving here, I'm going there, I've got to set like (laughs) to-do lists and and Gantt charts and projections and whiteboards and simultaneously going, well, this is how it used to be or it's not as good as it used to be or I'm better than I used to be. But very little, very few of us really spend time in the present moment. And the present moment is where your flow lives, right? When you allow yourself to drop into that state of presence, you can start to tap into that kind of intelligent field that allows you to flow with the present moment, right? And allows you to step into the, into the state where you kind of know the next right move because you've dropped all of the mental preconceptions and you're just in the moment all right perfect i love that so really looking at this is a process before making decisions right like really let's ground ourselves let's just bring ourselves to calm take a couple of breaths take a couple of breaths get yourself into a calm state no good decisions are made from a stressed state Because any decision you make in a stressed state is going to only ever be reactive, right? You're going to be reacting to the blow rather than going, okay, from my centre, where do I want to head? What's the next right step? That's so good. Okay, cool. Mm. All right. I've got a few things I want to ask, but what do you feel would be the next best topic to discuss from that point? From that point... Okay, so I think there's an opportunity to to make this relevant in terms of what's happening right now, but I'm happy to like you know your people and you know what where they're at and what they need, so I trust your I trust your questions, George. Perfect. Okay, yeah. cool. So if I bring things back to 
current. Right now, what a lot of martial arts school owners are facing is, number one, they'd had to just make a 100% pivot for yeah. most. Um, yeah. You're either online or you're mm. not a business. And I've been saying this to my clients, well, as of today, you are actually an online business. Everyone's um, online, yeah. That's that's what you, you don't have, have a business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't have a business. Yeah. Um, so it's been a real interesting time because a lot of students that are paying club fees are really happy to continue paying club mm. fees. And doing that as a, you know, because they're grateful for, for what they have in the community and the environment of the martial arts school. Yeah. The concern, number one, would be, yep, that's great. But then at what point does that, is that not great? How long would people do that if, if there were real consequences? And look, yeah. um, we, we definitely don't focus on the worst outcome, but definitely yeah. prepare, be prepared. You've got to be prepared for it, right? You've got to know, okay, so what's my next, like what's the greatest threat and what could I potentially do to mitigate that for sure? So that's been the, the big focus was, right, let's retain. Now that we've sort of, for a lot of our, our clients, we've got the retain part in control. Now it's, okay, well, how are we going to develop this model from here on? And I think where this is where money mindset really yeah. takes a cave. I can't say I'm 100% aligned with it, mm. but there were a few top people in the industry that announced that they were cutting all their fees and yeah. they'll see them in a couple of months. And I think it's great if you're able to do that. Yeah. Uh, what I was concerned about is that there was a wrong message sent sending to the a precedent. That can't yeah. do that. That is there's some sort of nobility and mm. ethics involved by not charging and potentially going broke, which is catastrophic. I had a conversation yesterday where, where someone was saying, well, I'm going to provide all this online stuff, but I'm going to do it as a sense of goodwill and I'm not going to charge. Mm. And my concern was, well, is that really what people need? Because I'm sure they're still going to go to Dan Murphy's, yeah. maybe. Or yeah. like, are yeah. you really doing them the favor of not committing financially? Yeah. So what, what I guess I'm really getting to here is dealing with money mindset. Yeah. You know, how do you deal with <clears throat> being okay still actually asking for money during a time like this yeah, without nice. feeling the I'm taking advantage of people Top of 100%, 100%, 100%. Well, I would imagine that a lot of people that, that get into, you know, martial arts work have this sense of, of wanting to help the community, wanting to help, you know, starting with maybe helping themselves and growing in strength and capabilities and then wanting to help others in the community. So there's a sense of, of giving, of helping, of caring. And I work a lot with healers and coaches. And so there's a similar kind of mindset of like, I'm someone that helps people get better, right? The challenge with, I guess, the obstacle with that is that we can easily fall, some can easily fall into the mindset or the archetype of the wounded healer or the rescuer, right? And so this is where, um, so this is um, a simple model that, that comes from transactional analysis, a guy called Stephen Cartman developed it, and it's basically just a triangle. So if you imagine a triangle with the, with a point at the bottom and the point at the bottom, so it's kind of looks like a V, right? And the point at the bottom is the victim. And so when there is a victim and in, and so there's the victim and then there is uh, the aggressor on one side or the bully that's, that's kind of creating the, the havoc. And then there is the rescuer 
on the other side or the martyr. And so when we are in situations like this where we're facing a collective drama, um, you know, there is this aggressor that's happening in terms of the virus is one of the things that's being painted as the aggressor that's causing all of the economy to shut down. Some people are saying the government is one of the aggressors or people that's, you know, forcing people to shut down or, you know, maybe the, the direct debit company is an aggressor shutting everything down. There are many different potential bullies or aggressors in this dynamic. And then there's the victim, right? If that's happening, then we can fall into going, oh, I'm the victim here as the business owner because my business is shut down, things are outside of my control now. And so now when you're in that victim state, it feels like the power lives outside of you, right? So the power lives with the aggressor and the aggressor being the virus or the government or the economy, And so the power belongs outside of you. And when the power belongs outside of you, that's a dangerous place to be. That's a dangerous place to be because you're at the whim or the mercy of whatever that outside aggressor is that you're seeing as the aggressor. And that's not to say that those things aren't challenging. They absolutely are and they absolutely exist. And a part of the initiations, right, the kind of levels that that one goes through from victim to victorious to victory is by passing through a challenge or an initiation. And so the victim feels powerless and only gains power by moving through a particular trial and taking a level of responsibility and taking a level of ownership and taking a level of assertiveness and going, you know what, I'm going to do this anyway. I'm going to move forward. And they gain a level of victory. That's how the victor starts to move forward and gain strength and capacity and power to start to move forward. The other side of the scale is that if we have been a victim, then we often have a level of compassion and wanting to help people that we see as victims, right? And so we might see people out in the community and go, oh my God, all of my students have, or or some of my students or the parents of my students have lost their jobs. They now don't have any money. Now they've got to look after their kids at home. Oh my God. So you maybe as the business owner might step into the feeling of the rescuer and wanting to rescue people out there in the community because you're seeing them as victims. And that's because it's much easier, like out of those three archetypes, the victim, the aggressor and the rescuer, the one that feels the best to be in is the rescuer, right? Firefighters, police, rescuers, like true rescuers are pinnacled and admired in our society. And so people can fall into this desire to be the rescuer But the dark side of the rescuer is that when you're being a rescuer that's not in a dire like life or death situation, obviously sometimes there are times when people genuinely need rescuing and this is not necessarily one of those times, although it may be in some cases. But overall, when we see people as victims and we kind of go, well, none of my students can pay and I'm going to give everything away for free, then you're falling into the shadow side of the of their rescuer by going I am now seeing all of my students as victims because I don't believe that they have the capacity to pay me for my in fair exchange for my value and my wisdom and my help 
that's where it's like, hang on, you're not actually helping them by seeing them as victims here because people don't need to be seen as victims. They need to be given the opportunity and the strength and the support to rise up and for them to become leaders of their own lives. And the only way for people to, or one of the best ways for people to move from being a victim into being a, like a sovereign being, a leader of their own lives, is for someone to, to lead them and give them the support and the inspiration to go, no, you have, you have what it takes. You have this within you. I see, you know, I see your greatness. I see your capacity. From, that's kind of from a um, symbolic perspective, but from a practical perspective, that might look like, okay, I know that there are some people in our community that are experiencing extreme financial hardship. If that's you and you want to continue to be a part of our services, reach out and we can have a conversation. For everybody else who really wants to invest in moving forward in this cocoon time, I've, I've reframed quarantine to cocoon time, um, and I, I suggest you do the same, right? I think it's, it's quite useful to go, okay, we're all cocooned in our homes now. This is an opportunity for us to transform. This is an opportunity for us to inform our minds with information that supports us to move forward, that supports us to get stronger. So limiting your media, limiting your fear-based panic news and starting to, you know, to inform yourself with positive things or inform yourself with online classes, that is a really useful and productive use of your time. And so I think there's an opportunity for martial arts schools and martial arts leaders and business owners to step up and say, hey, I am a community leader here. I'm going to run online group classes in place of where my live in-person classes were. And we're all going to be together on a screen. We're going to be doing it together. Maybe the class is priced slightly differently because maybe there's, you know, it's different situation. But I think there is still an investment that is required because when people pay, they pay attention. When people pay, they pay attention. And there is going to be a flood and a plethora of free information out, as there always is on the internet. And so there's this opportunity for people to pay and continue to be invested in their leader, in their mentor. Like a lot of people, they look up to their martial arts teacher as a mentor, as a leader in, in times of trouble. And so there's an opportunity for you to show up as a leader for your people and inspire them to greatness, inspire them to get through the challenges. I like that. When people pay, they pay attention. And, when people and just pay, for, they pay attention. And I'm just going to bring a context to our industry, right? When we do marketing for martial arts schools, we... Yeah. There's two thoughts of this. We we got what we call a free trial and a paid trial. Yeah. Now, a free trial is typically a good thing when there's intent, like people search on Google and yeah. they go and find you and they had some intent. But when we focus on Facebook marketing, for the most, it's better to have a paid trial because you can outbound. It's interruption marketing and you yeah. can establish some value behind the paid thing. Mm. Well, you know, behind the paid trial. So people yeah. are actually paying to participate. Exactly. Um, in a fraction, but in the bigger consensus, I think the majority of school owners would agree with me that that creates a better a better student. Now, exactly. just to bring it back to this context, exactly the same, right? If people pay, they are paying attention. I don't think it's a wise thing to give away everything for free because yeah. if people aren't paying, 
it's going to be a lot easier to disconnect yeah. when there's a screen and I'm at home and I can switch it off and I can swap it to Netflix. Yeah. Now more than ever, we need engagement and we need investment. Yes, there's a sense of shock and there's a sense of panic. And that happens obviously when radical changes occur. But that will settle after a period of time, one to two weeks, and people will start to get over the shock and panic of it. And they'll go, oh, okay, we're starting to settle into this new normal where we just live at home. But And then those goals that you had before and those needs and the community desires are, are all still there. All of those needs for community and certainty and growth and leadership and family and connection are all still there. And so there's an opportunity for martial arts schools, for dance schools, for any kind of school where people used to go every day, every day or a couple of times a week or once a week. And they had this experience of a third place, whether that's their gym or their martial arts school, homework, third place, whatever that third place is. And I see martial arts schools as one of these third places there is an opportunity for you as martial arts leaders and teachers to keep that third place open in an online space. Like they need that third place more than ever because we're all stuck in our own houses. So it's like we need that third place to inspire us, to connect us, to keep us moving for physical health and well-being, for mental health and well-being. There is going to be a massive mental health crisis that comes on the back of this once we get through this kind of period of the coronavirus situation there is going to be a massive mental health crisis that comes off the back of it I think there's an opportunity for all kind of community leaders to step in and give their communities a really strong flag in the sand and go hey guys let's rally around this let's keep moving forward let's keep on in uncertain times, here we go, in uncertain times, certainty matters. In uncertain times, certainty matters. Certainty is a life raft. And so there was certainty in your students coming to your classes. There was certainty in your students coming to your school. They got certainty out of it just as much as you got certainty out of it. And so in this new situation, they need that certainty and that connection and that community more than ever more than ever. And so if it means that you go, okay, we're going to do a community, you know, 6am or 6pm or whatever time suits you and your people, we're going to do a community class and it's every single day now. And I'm going to show up and we're going to do our martial arts training together. And I'm going to give you pointers over video, right? I think there's an opportunity to be a light of certainty and to be a light of leadership. And that's required of us. And it's required of all leaders on the community level as well as the global level. And a lot of times we're looking at our leaders and going, they're not providing assurance, they're not providing certainty, they're not giving good plans. And every time we look outside of ourselves and go, they're not doing that, okay, that may be true, but how can we do that in our communities? How can we be the light of leadership in our communities, in our own way to, you know, like Gandhi says, to be the change we want to see in the world? If we want to see more certainty, then we need to be more certain in the value that we deliver and that it is useful and valid and worthy of investment and fair exchange. There's a real opportunity to step up and also to ask for fair exchange around that because it is valuable and it is important. Kylie, <laughs> thank you so much. 
<laughs> I'm an evangelist. <laughs> oh, no, I love it. I love your message. And um, like I said in the beginning, I, I just love to talk to interesting people. And sometimes it's for my own, my yeah. own insight. And I'm sure anybody listening to this will get so much value out of that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and even if there was some doubt in things that you were thinking and reaffirming those thoughts and knowing that, hey, this is just your opportunity, opportunity to lead and, yeah. and just really step step in that space because people need you, you know, more than ever. Yeah, um, it's true. And it's like it doesn't mean that those emotions aren't there it, and it doesn't mean that those emotions have to be gone in order to step into leadership, but a part of the initiation is feeling those emotions, allowing yourself to feel them and then moving forward anyway. Like you said, leaders go first. Leaders go first. Yeah. Leaders go first. Yeah. What a Kylie, pleasure, thank George. Thank you so much. Yeah. Is there it's my anything pleasure. we could do for you? If anybody gets who's listening, what can we do to just be thankful for what you've just shared with us? Ah, oh, thanks, guys. Well, I have a lot of resources and mindset kind of videos and trainings on my website, mymindcoach.com.au. And so if there's anything that you liked from here and you'd like to hear more, then you can go ahead and find my Facebook page and stay tuned for updates or share one of the resources that you found useful. I've got videos on alleviating anxiety. I've got a free group that I link to on my Facebook page that gives out um, more um, trainings and free meditations and things to help the community. And I also have, you know, mind coach training for those who want to go deeper into learning about this and how to step up as a leader in my mind coach academy. So if you're interested in that, reach out and we can have a chat and um, yeah, I look forward to serving the community in deeper and deeper ways. Thank you so much, Kylie. And we'll Thank have you. all those links in the show notes as well. Awesome. Thank you so much. It's my I'll pleasure, George. Speak to you guys soon. You soon. Awesome. Thanks for listening. If you want to connect with other top smart martial arts school owners and have a chat about marketing, lead generation, what's working now, and or just have a, a gentle rant about things that are happening in the industry, then I want to invite you to join our Facebook group. It's a private Facebook group and in there I share a lot of extra videos and downloads and worksheets, things that are working for us when we work, help school owners grow and share a couple of video interviews and a bunch of cool extra resources. So uh, it's called the Martial Arts Media Community and an easy way to access it is if you just go to the domain name martialartsmedia.group. So martialartsmedia.group, G-R-O-U-P. Uh, there's no .com or anything, martialartsmedia.group. That will take you straight there. Uh, request to join and I will accept your invitation. Thanks. I'll speak to you on the next episode. Cheers. Ladies and gentlemen, that will conclude this evening's entertainment. Thanks for listening. If you need help building your martial arts school, check out martialartsmedia.com.